Believe it or not, the Patriots have a path to the playoffs. We discussed that despite two absolutely crushing defeats over the last couple of weeks. And the Celtics continue to be the best in the NBA, while the Bruins welcome the Penguins for the Winter Classic. I am Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass. New England Patriots are at 7-8. and eight. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's been a very challenging season for the New England Patriots, particularly over the last couple of weeks where they've had two crushing defeats in back-to-back games most recent against the Cincinnati Bengals they fall behind in the game 22 to nothing Marcus Jones gets a pick six Patriots start to get back into the game a couple touchdown passes from Mac Jones Kendrick Bourne uh, catches one another jump ball uh, which went off Scotty Washington and Jacoby Myers ends up catching the Patriots are actually in position to win the game at the six yard line with uh, less than a minute to play Ramondre Stevenson held up, looked like maybe his forward progress had been stopped. He ends up fumbling the football, and that was all she wrote in this game. Patriots lose 22-18. to They're at 7-8, and but the path to the playoff still exists. Patriots need to win this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins and then against the Buffalo Bills. There are other scenarios where they could potentially make it at 8-9, and but for the sake of brevity we'll talk about this upcoming game against the Miami Dolphins looks like Tua is going to be out and Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in on New Year's Day in Foxborough at 1 p.m. let's get started with our interviews we're going to talk first with Patriots head coach Bill Belichick about where things sit after the loss to the Bengals Morning, Bill. Merry Christmas. Hope everything was uh, was good for you yesterday um, as well. Um, Want to ask you about Ramondre and, and ball security. Um, obviously, he's been playing through some stuff. Does that play any role in those you know types of situations, or how would you assess you know, what we saw, obviously, on the the first down play uh, on the fifth, on the five yard line? Yeah, Ramondre's ball security has been pretty good all year. Um... You know, he had the ball knocked out on the, the start of the second half there, but um, yeah, I mean, he had two hands on the ball. They're running them back, and they they knock it out at the end. Um, and just you know, looking at your team right now at um, at seven and eight going into the Miami game. What's your, your upshot on who you know this this team is and what the opportunities are you know ahead of you in these final couple games? Yeah, well, obviously I'll take it one game at a time, like we always do. So, did um, you get ready to play our best game against Miami this week? Once again, it was Marcus Jones who came to save the day for the Patriots. 14 tackles in the game, the pick six, and he also recovered a fumble that was forced by Matthew Judon. Here is Jones about the up and downs of the Patriots. Marcus, how would you describe what this game was like? Obviously, you were down by a big amount. You came back, looked like you had an opportunity to go up at the end. What's it like from an emotional standpoint having all these different types of things happen? Coach always talks about, you know, it's never over until, you know, um, it's the last buzzer, basically. Um, just keeping our head down and grinding. That's the main thing, you know, control what we can control and just keep playing to the end. Jones actually suffered a concussion on the play I talked about before, the fumble recovery, I believe it's that play. Um, and he has, is questionable going into uh, the game on Sunday against the Dolphins. All right, let's check in now with Matthew Judon. Matthew, at seven and eight, what is you know your assessment as to who this team is at this point? And as you mentioned, there's been obviously some 
um, challenging circumstances you guys have faced in the last couple of games? I think uh, you watch this team every week, and that's who we are. Uh, when we're consistent, it look good. When we, we focus and we locked in, it look good. But when we're not, it doesn't. And uh, that's, that's who we are. You, I mean, at this point, you, you showed your hand. And so uh, as a team, we just got to come back and be consistent for the rest of the games we play and the uh, rest of the time we here. But, uh, you know, also as a team, man, we just a band of brothers and we stand behind each other. Uh, and like I said, we expect each other to play better every game. It don't matter, you know, how many tackles you got, how many yards you got, how many touchdowns you got. We expect more from each other. And, uh, and that's, that's how you lean on each other and become a good team. Matthew Judon right there. We're going to get into some of the positives in regard to the Patriots. Pick up the defensive side of the ball where they've established a great edge rush with Uche on one side, who is going to be our key interview in a second, and, of course, Judon. Um, let's go over to the Bengals side of things, though, and talk to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. A guy is making a claim to be uh, the MVP this season, Joe Burrow. Joe, you're talking about your mindset to kind of dictate as opposed to react. How important is that in kind of the overall success that you had to kind of set the terms, not worry about the defense, yeah. find your guys? Yeah, it's, you always have that balance because when you play defenses and defensive coaches with really good scheme, you, you want to get a feel for what they're doing early, but you also don't want to come out and, you know, not be aggressive and play – play slowly and try to take what the defense gives you. I think we did that early. We took some shots and teammates in big plays for us early and we went down and scored a touchdown. Um, and you know, it's, it's always tough when you, when you play a good scheme like that. And, um, you got to stay aggressive. What stood out to you about their defense overall, in particular, given the second half on adjustments they made? Yeah, they make it tough on you. They're well coached. They have a good scheme. They got good players. Um, so you got to give them credit. Does it mean something to come in here on a cold day and beat a Bill Belichick defense? Whenever you get a win in December, you know, down the stretch, it means something. You know, we're, we're playing for a lot every single game, and uh, we're going to go out there and fight our, fight our tails off to get W's, and we got one today. Why can't the Patriots get an offense like that one? That's uh, certainly a claim from a lot of New England fans at this point. A lot of frustration with the Patriots' offense, and most of it directed at offensive play caller Matt Patricia. Hey, Matt. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year um, to you. I hope all is well. Um, wanted to ask just kind of a general question about, you know, the results we've seen from the offense so far, you know, this year. And obviously, you know, it's a results-oriented um, business, and there's been frustration with those results. How do you kind of assess, you know, why the results have not been there for, you know, this offense, despite, you know, talent and uh, seemingly the ability to have better results? Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, I think every game's been a little bit different, and that's probably been the hardest part. You know, uh, it hasn't been, let's say, one particular thing, maybe the area. Um, you know, certainly we got to score more points in the red area. You know, we got to get the ball in, in the end zone. Um, but I would say it's been different things on different plays, and that's the part that's, um, you know, always the hardest is, you know, you fix one thing or you try to concentrate on one thing. And, um, you know, maybe a couple weeks later that thing, you know, is fixed, but something else shows up and just that consistency um, is really, you know, what we've lacked. And, and I think that, you know, um, we're just trying to continue to uh, execute those better and coach them better and uh, put our guys in the best positions. And, and certainly there's a fine line. You know, I think there's probably 
probably about six plays that I think everyone can think of off the top of their head that, you know, uh, in the game of the NFL, it's a fine line. If they had gone a different way, uh, certainly the outcomes would have been a lot different. And those are the things that we really, um, you know, we got to change. You know, we just got to go in and we got to change and make those plays our favor and, and not uh, put ourselves in a situation where they're not. In yeah, mid-third quarter on, obviously, you Kendrick Bourne make a ton of you know great plays down the field um and folks you know wondering where he's been for you know some of the season um do you see him being a part of things moving forward on a more consistent basis and has there been any reason that he hasn't been on the field as much as some of the other receivers yeah you know i think there's um a couple of really good plays in the second half like even jacoby myers you know who you know that was a great play uh, by him great awareness to be in the right spot you know, with Scotty going up for the ball in that in that situation and being able to catch it and, and go in. And I think Kendrick had some of those plays, too, uh, in the game. I think our skill guys in general, you know, it's um, each one of them have kind of um, had different games through the course of the season where they've been able to step into a role. Um, maybe it's uh, dictated by maybe a coverage that we're seeing or a matchup that we're, that we're seeing. Um, maybe some defenses are trying to go after a particular receiver that we have or a tight end. And those other guys, when they have those opportunities, um, you know, have been able to either, you know, come through. And I thought, thought KB did a great job of that. You know, we needed them in those spots. We had certainly some moving parts that were going on. And, um, you know, defensively, they had shifted some things to some other um, players and, and attention in a different in a different way. And it just really opened up the opportunity for him. And and that was great to see him do that. You know, um, he's a great guy. He works really hard. And, you know, we've got we've got a room with a lot of good players in there. But, uh, you know, from that standpoint, it's been different every week, you know, which guy. And certainly, um, you know, with, with Parker not in or Parker in or Jacoby in or Jacoby not in, we've had some moving parts there from that standpoint, too. Um, so that consistency is kind of what we're obviously still pushing for. Uh, we're running out of time here, but, you know, we got to get it this week against Miami. Um, you know, Josh Boyer, obviously very familiar with Josh, does a great job of mixing those coverages and mixing the packages in. And I'm sure they'll, you know, do like they did beginning part of the year, try to take something away from us. And, you know, we're going to have to identify that and try to work off of it as quick as we can. Um, and that's, you know, that's the game of football. That's what happens week in, week out. I would say Lou last week with Cincy, you know, he's in that same mindset. So you're trying to identify early in the game, all right, what's their game plan? Who are they going after? How are they going to attack us? And um, and you got to shift and go the other way. And, you know, it was good we were able to get that done at halftime. But, um, you know, just obviously you want to be more efficient. Um, you know, you just want to obviously have, you know, more better production to start the game. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. So there's been a ton of focus on the offensive side of the football for the Patriots this year and the woes there, and rightfully so. But we'll go to the defensive side and talk about some of the positives right now. And you see the makings of a defensive line with Barmore in the middle, along with Godshaw, and two guys as edge rushers in Judon and Uche, along with Kyle Duggar, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones. You see the makings of a defense could be good for a sustainable period of time. Judon's got 15 and a half sacks this year. Josh Uche now has 11 and a half sacks this year. He's tied for ninth. Judon is second behind Nick Bosa, who has 17 and a half. I talked with the Patriots' Josh Uche. Josh, first off, what were you guys able to do in the second half? How did you adjust? In the first half, obviously, they were able to move the ball well, good consistency. What adjustments did you make? Really just everyone playing assignment football, you know, executing their job and their responsibility and just, you know, one play at a time. Just taking everything one play at a time. And, you know, once we started doing that, you know, the game started to declare a little bit more. And um, just doing that, chipping away just one play at a time. 
how do you not get kind of dissuaded after the last couple of weeks where you guys have been there, you've had the opportunity to win, but for whatever reason, you know, it's just kind of slipped away. Defense obviously has done its job. Um, how would you kind of frame where things are at for the team? I mean, it just comes down to, you know, controlling the controllables. Everyone doing, you know, controlling what they can control. Some situations are out of your hands individually as a player. But it's, it comes down to just going out there and executing and everyone doing, you know, their 111. So, you know, we can't control anything else. We can't really, you know, there's not much we can do, but just, you know, go out there each snap and just try to do our job. So, How much do you appreciate what Marcus Jones has been able to do? He ends up with, I think, 12, 13 tackles today, the interception. He's a big play on the offensive side of the ball. He's returning punts. What has that meant, and does that provide energy kind of across the group? He's a big-time player. Um, you know, he's a rookie, and he's still learning. He still has a way to go, but... You know, the impact plays he's made has definitely helped the team. And, um, you know, just, you know, keep it going because we need that. We, we feed off of that, you know, as a team, big plays. And, um, you know, the fact that he's able to kind of produce that, you know, pretty consistently is just great. And, uh, you know, we just got to feed off of it. Another sack for you today. What's changed this year? Has it just been more opportunity? Uh, what's changed in you that's allowed you to take a next step to become, you know, one, an elite pass rusher? Um, Just really kind of. Just trusting the process, um, controlling the controllables, and just being a professional, you know, having to grow up and, you know, not not take things for granted and just, you know, really appreciate this opportunity that God's blessed me with. You know, not a lot of people have this opportunity, so I'll try to put everything I can into this opportunity and, you know, make my family proud. You've had, obviously, the natural skill set. Is it just you know, being with the team a little bit, understanding situations? Did you grow kind of mentally as, as a player this year? Um, definitely. Just I always try to grow or evolve mentally as much as I can. And um, just, you know, this past off season, you know, staying with my dad and, you know, kind of just, you know, really building my family back up and, you know, reestablishing relationships kind of allowed my mental to kind of flourish a little bit more. So, uh, you know, uh, I feel like that, that played a big role. And, you know, my girl, my, you know, my girlfriend, she's been a great part for me, helping me work out during the summer and stuff like that. And uh, just, you know, really lo- honing in on my, you know, close close circle and just, leaning on them for the support I need, you know. So, the thing I want to ask you about was your relationship with uh, with Matthew Judon in that whenever he has success, he's quick to mention you. And it seems like you got kind of like a meet at the quarterback type of relationship a lot of the time. One of you guys gets half a sack or you, you make a hit and then he finishes up or vice versa. So how does the relationship kind of off the field translate to on the field and how special is he in your life? I mean, it was, it's big, you know, when uh, Jude, Judon first got here, um, you know, beginning of my second year. Uh I needed some. I needed some guidance. I needed some leadership. And um, the meet, as soon as Judon got here, he took me under his wing. And outside of here, we just you know we hang out. He's just like he's like that big brother. Like I, I'll go to him about anything, you know, difficult times and stuff. And um, I, I don't know what I would, where I would be without Judon. I study him every day in practice and just learn from him. You know, watching how he practiced, the moves he's done, and you know that's my big that's my big brother. I don't know how else to explain it. There's not much I can say, but. You know, God bless Judah. He's done a lot for me. So, Checking with another couple individuals who are key parts of this Patriots defense. We'll begin with Dietrich Wise Jr. Hey, Dietrich, hope all is well. You had a good Christmas. Um, just on the explosiveness of this offense, what stands out to you? What makes them so explosive? They have very fast receivers uh, with Waddle and uh, Tyreek. They're doing a great job of giving them the ball. And then they're also doing a wonderful job of uh, mirroring their run and their pass. So they do uh, with the the two running backs coming in. They're doing good. They give them the ball. The O line is blocking great right now in, in the run game. So that opens up areas for them to, to pass the ball. 
Um, and they do, like I said, doing a good job putting the ball in those two receivers' hands. And that's, I believe, why they're so good. And can you take anything from, you know, the first game? Or is that, you know, just so long ago that it's not that relevant to, you know, where you are as a football team, where they are as a football team? You know, it is uh, the beginning of the season. So I believe teams don't really show everything they have or they have put in new plays. Uh, so I like to watch the last like five or six games to kind of see where a team is later in the season than I do the first half. But I'll still check out the game. Like I said, my profession does, doesn't change. I'll still watch the game, see what I can learn from it, and uh, just, just move from there. I just want to ask you about your season as well. Like it feels like consistency has been a big key for you throughout the course. There are a lot of snaps, a lot of quality plays. What have you – you know, felt about the way you've you performed to kind of work with your teammates and some of their success? You know, I feel like um, I've really just adapted the Patriots culture very well of uh, doing my job and learning how to prep, uh, learning how to prepare uh, for each given game. And uh, I have a lot of good, good role models around me, um, how they take care of their body, how they approach the game. And so that's one area. And then at the same, same time, my team is also playing tremendous. Uh, Josh Uche, uh, DG, LG, uh, Tanyalu, um, and uh, Matt Judon. They're doing a tremendous job of, of, of playing. I think we're just working well off each other. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's showing. Thanks, D. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Have a good day. You too. Patriots seem to be running into great receiver after great receiver week after week. And Jonathan Jones has more often than not had those matchups. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. I want to ask you about, you know, the speed of their wide receivers in Tyreek and Waddle. And how do you go about trying to counteract that? Obviously, it's two-part in terms of not getting the – keeping them from getting the ball and also once it gets in their hands. But how do you deal with their speed? Uh, Try to be hands-on. You know, um, you try not to get beat deep. You know, like that, that, you know, gives up. A lot of yards quick, but then they do a good job of doing catching catch and run plays, you know, getting the ball to them quick underneath um, and allowing them to use their speed. Um, so just being prepared, you know, for all three level routes, you know, not not every play is, you know, deep passes to get them the ball. Um, they'll get them in space. Um, everything's not vertical speed. You know, they'll run them across the field fast um, and just running through zones, kind of um, trying to separate the defense. Um, and they do a good job of that. So, you know, trying to get your hands on them to slow them down, uh, rerouting, um, and things like that, being physical with them. Particularly with Tyreek, is it a much bigger threat, the short route? And, you know, obviously having him cut cut back and getting the ball and then you know, trying to get up the field, is that and is that a bigger threat with, with him than a deep ball? Um, I think it's more so that you have to respect that speed. Uh, so, you know, at first, you know, the easiest way to gain yards is run straight down the field. So you're protecting that. Um, and then he has the ability to stop, you know, stop, catch the ball, you know, intermediate passes, short passes, and then, you know, pick up speed and take it the distance. Um, so it just keeps you on your toes um, for deep balls and not really jump balls, just running by you. Um, he has the ability to stop, like like I said, um, and break those routes off or just running, you know, across the field and running away from guys and running through uh, defenses. I just want to squeeze one last one in. I mean, has there been a time where you have faced this many elite receivers kind of back to back to back where it seems like each week, you're going up against not just one elite receiver, but perhaps a couple, or even last week with with three. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a stretch. You know, we played a lot of good teams here uh, down this final stretch with you know top receivers. I think we played you know the top you know five to six receivers you know in this last five six week stretch. 
um, that's leading the league. So, um, you know, we've handled it. You know, we continue to, you know, have to make improvements. You know, some plays we've left out there. Um, like you said, it has been a stretch of, you know, good receivers, you know, this last few weeks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Finally, let's check in with one of the Patriots' defensive play callers and Gerard Mayo on the challenges presented by the Dolphins. Hey, Gerard, how are you? Good. How are you, Chris? Awesome. Um, how do things change if that dramatically uh, with not having Natua in there, if that's the case, and having Teddy Bridgewater in there? What does he put on film You know, in the couple starts he's had this year? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Tua. Um, I would say – you know, they're both very uh, experienced quarterbacks at this point, especially uh, playing in this game. But once again, it, I would say it doesn't change too much. You know, they still have weapons all over the field. Uh, still going to take a, a team effort to really slow these guys down. So whoever's playing quarterback uh, will be ready, and hopefully we can go out there and perform at a high level. How do you go about trying to counterbalance their speed, where that's obviously a big deal for them at wide receiver, most are just look good at, at back as well. How do you counteract that? Yeah, anytime you play teams that, you know, have that much speed on the field, you try to, you know, you try to be physical with them. Obviously, that's one thing. And then, you know, we also have some fast guys on our team as well. So it's just mixing things up, a combination of different coverages, a combination of different fronts. Uh, that's always been our thing. We're game plan defense. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. I was checking in the Boston Celtics, 116-110 winners over the Clippers on Thursday. Celtics have an NBA best record of 26-10 and and outdueled one of the best duos in the NBA in PG-13 and Kawhi Leonard with the output of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jalen, you and JT outscored uh, Paul George and Kawhi 58-40, and obviously those guys are kind of the model for a duo. Um, what does that mean? Is it a big thing in the context of the game? And where do those guys sit in terms of being able to do everything well as a pair? Um, I don't think it means anything without a win. Um, so I think that's what you know, both teams are playing for, you know, is to win. Obviously, you know, a lot of our jobs is to score the ball and put the ball in the basket but it's to help our team, you know, win. So um, to outscore them means a lot less than if we lost the game. So I think just focusing on winning was the emphasis tonight. Like, I didn't want to lose, and we just had to make plays. So we made plays when we needed to, and it helped us win. Celtics had a loss to the Clippers out on their West Coast swing in a game in which they actually lost all four quarters. Only time that's happened this year. They didn't have Horford or uh, Robert Williams that night, but it's a big point of emphasis to bounce back in this game. Here is acting head coach Damon Stoudemire. Pre-game, you talked about the significance of what happened out in L.A. and wanted to, you know, obviously come back from from that. Did you get the response that you wanted tonight? Yeah, I mean, our guys played exactly how I thought they would. Um, win or lose, I knew they were going to play hard and compete. That was the biggest thing. Um, I know we didn't enjoy, none of us enjoy, you know, what, what happened in L.A. And um, we're all very prideful. So I knew that they were going to come back and, and have an edge to them. And, um, you know, the Clippers challenges, they're a very good team. You know, they're a very good team. They got a lot of winners on that team. They got championship. They got championship coach. They got championship players. So... You know, um, it, it, it was we had to dig down a little bit to get this win, but I was proud of the way we competed. For me, it's just all about competing. Everything else as a coach you can live with. 
And Thursday night's game was a Marcus Smart kind of night. Marcus, how much do you enjoy a game like this where Damon talked about the Clippers being kind of a 90s-style team, take away your best player, play physical, mentally challenging. So how difficult is, is this type of game? How much do you enjoy this type of game? I enjoy it a lot. This is, this is a game that I strive in. This is my type of game. You know, when, when I'm allowed to be physical um, and, you know, use my, my physicality to my advantage. So, um, you know, I'm a really good player especially on that defensive end um, when it comes to that. So when I'm able to be physical um, also, um, it makes me that more dangerous when I'm, when I'm guarding somebody. I can't wait for the Bruins and the Penguins. Monday, the Winter Classic at Fenway Park. We'll have complete coverage next week. This has been the Press Pass.